we're here to celebrate 2020 and 2020 and the 2020 end of a decade and the old gang is back together again hi dan hi hi lynn hi carl hi danny it's nice to have you back yeah it's good i have Um, coffee which means it's basically everything i do is basically engineered (laughs) by coffee yes caffeine is a good thing i'm lynn venhouse and uh caffeine is always a good thing i'm carl middleman how are you Real Times Trio. We're here. Podcast right. number. Oh, shoot. I don't know. 40. You're in the 40s. We're was, in the 40s. Yeah, yes, we're, 40s. we're closing in on a year. It's it's almost 40, this podcast it's almost is in middle age. <laughs> <laughs> it's younger than I well. am. Because remember, we're coming up on the anniversary, we did the, the Oscars thing was right? our first thing. And mm. now the Oscars are early this year because they decided to. Stay away from the Super Bowl. Well, they also wanted to close. Oh, so they're in January this year? Uh, mm-hmm. They're February 9th. Oh, oh that's, that's a week, week after, after the, the Super, Super Bowl. A week after my birthday. And everybody oh, is freaked out because the campaign period is shorter now. There we go. Because they didn't want the other award shows to take too much away. Because usually by now, I thought the nominations are coming out like very soon. January 13th. Oh, okay. Man. That's a that's a week from Monday. Where they all stand stiffly in front of the camera and oh we no, have it's the it's best. it's two people that yeah. have gotten up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> in LA. Put some makeup on. Right. I used to wake up all the time. Spokee and, and, Woodbine and uh Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was seven seven o'clock central time yeah eight o'clock because they wanted to have it on the morning it's 7 a.m our time it's 5 a.m out in l.a i know and i would sit there with my pen and write them all down and then now it's all over the internet yeah i mean really i mean variety gets it up probably before they're even done right but so we're twitter because because our morning shows here are delayed an hour so Mm -hmm. they screw up the whole thing because you you can't turn them on yeah right so it's just go to the internet and you'll see what it'll be all over anyway. But uh, the reason they're doing it early is because they were just tired of all the other award shows, you know, leading up and then the, the, you end the season with the Oscars. But they're the granddaddy. So next year and the following year, they have it later in February. Well, so they go back to the. Also, they're staying away from the Olympics again this the year. Olympics, yes. Yeah. Olympics, yeah. Yeah. So what are we doing today, Lynn? Well, because there's only one new release, The Grudge. The Grudge. And I don't think you guys saw it because we did, um, didn't screen it. We, uh, Dan and but, I were but just I, talking about I, it. I do have kind of a, a third party, our, our good friend that puts on the screenings, uh, Landon Burris, who used to write very well for filmatic.com. Mm-hmm. Let me just say, if it wasn't for, for Landon, it would have been me writing for the website. 24-7. And it wasn't for Landon, you wouldn't see a lot of these I movies. I wouldn't see a lot of these uh, <laughs> non-review, non, uh, no, no screening for critics kind of movies, but he said it was good. He said it was very scary. He said uh, whatever plot holes and clunky dialogue it was carried by the cast. So he enjoyed it. And Landon is not easy to please. Landon will call a film a turd if it's bad. Oh, good. So okay. surprising. He said he said I liked he liked it a lot more than he thought he would. Well, Max and I were talking about that the other day. He said... Horror has a niche in January now because there are two like, slots for horrors. They because they, every all the studios put out the crap, which makes me feel bad for Bad Boys Three. But yes, but and do little and, and do little. Even though hey, Dan Dan Downey Dan is Jr. looking for it. Be nice to Downey Shaggy Dog. I love him. 
All right, I've but I've always been in his corner. But Shaggy, shag, shaggy dog, shaggy dog, shaggy dog. Well, you know, sometimes people take things because they have children. That, that's what I said to you Dan. Know, yeah, sometimes he's gonna come in the theater and go, shaggy dog, shaggy dog, shaggy dog. Well, they and that was a and he that was a kid movie he made for his kids. Yeah. That wasn't very just good. so I don't have to keep refreshing my screen and putting this my list as my as your wallpaper. But, but no, uh, horror is now out in October. And January. Those are the two times horror films come out. Or or else they just get lost. That's pretty cool. Right. I like that. And I think that's a good theory. And uh, Andrew Wyatt, of all people, mm-hmm. loves to write about horror movies. He said, he said in all of his year-end posts, he's like, I watched them all, so you didn't have to. Like, man, that's a lot of movies, man. He does. He makes a, He has yeah, a whole I, blog I about 75 movies So, So year. when he was getting into the group, did they say, well, you're too much of a horror critic? Sorry. No, they didn't. No, they didn't say that. Because he was <laughs> because he's he came, pretty his outlet. <laughs> Because oh, of his okay. Cinema St. Louis is his office. Cinema St. Louis. It sounds so but official. But I love reading Andrew Speaking. because he brings up things I don't ever think about. And then also, he does have that horror blog. And so I'll say, okay, what should I see? He brings He's up- someone that's unfriended with Mark Duplass. And he, I'm a big fan he, of Mark he, Duplass. He uses a lot of RFT words, which is the words I had to mm-hmm. look up. And his reviews, I go, what does he mean by oh, that? Robert Hunt words? Yeah, Robert Hunt words. I go, what is that? That's a 17-letter word. What does that mean? Oh, it means happy. Oh, it means happy. Okay, he liked it. Good. Continue on in the second paragraph. Well, speaking of Cinema St. Louis, they all tasked us with yes. picking their, our favorite 15 films of the decade. And speaking of Max, poor Max was all pumped to write for Parasite, and then they said, whoop. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. No, we're good. You know what that means. That means somebody at Cinema St. Louis wants Grab to write it. about yeah. Parasite. Oh, and then I wasn't asked to write about any of my 15. I was because... asked to write about Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, it's... well, that means that's in your list. And... You have top big T's, deep T's. And I was asked to write about Boyhood, but it makes sense Even because you have, you have two boys. boys. Yeah. I raised two boys. That was so... Richard Link. Or am I mixing them up? No. No Richard right. Linklater? Okay. Yeah, 2014. Patricia And uh, I, it means that Arquette. movie means a lot to me. I, I put love, it as my number I one. I love Dan's movie. I like your movie. Not on my lists. Yeah. And which know. is why I don't think, I think they looked at my list and they said, mm, I think, you're not going to write. I, think I also be- cheated. I, I think before Irishman, that was probably one of De Niro's best roles in the last couple of decades. Yeah, well, that's a, he's Cooper's great dad. in that. When, yes. and their and, and argument about you, the football when game he, when, about Ernest Hemingway and about, when, when he sits down and he's crying and he wants Cooper's character to watch the football game with him I was like I broke down I mean, I, I really is, David O. Russell and Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence David Russell, previously knocked out by George Clooney on the set of Three Kings are great <laughs> are great <laughs> together <laughs> are great together <laughs> All right, but so, it isn't on my list it's not even on my top 50 okay so wow you went all the way to 50 I did okay whoa well, but, yeah we're, I know we're, but Dan I and I have 25 your list. let me see what we got <laughs> here oh, she's got another copy of it right there my god <laughs> No, I keep changing them. Ooh, I like these ones. Oh, you just have a you have you did all you wrote down all your top my ten movie. of all yeah, ten. Yeah, and then and then I switched it. One over of my favorite here. movies See, is number just... thirty-five on your list. Nice, well done. Okay, all right. So, Lynn, okay. let's just start with number. Let's go through twenty through ten. Okay, quickly. Okay. And okay. see, and I'm 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 a cheater. I, I am a cheater because um, two of my movies are um, groups of films. Which yeah. I will explain in just. I see. I'll even go first. Number twenty, Spy, Into the Spider Verse from twenty eighteen. Number nineteen, The Disaster Artist from twenty seventeen. Crazy Stupid Love from twenty eleven. Ex Machina from twenty fifteen. Her at number thirteen. I mean, from 
That is number 16 from 2013. See, it's very difficult to do these it things. Is. I, see, I just did five of those, and those are all great movies that could be on somebody's list, but those are my it's 20 tough, through yeah. 16. I know. Then do hard. your 20 through 16. Okay, my 20 through 16 are The Muppets, mm. The Interrupters. Every classroom in America should see this movie. It's about gangs in Chicago, filmed by Steve James, the great documentarian that went to SIU Carbondale. And then it's End of Watch, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Ooh. and Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Ooh. Those are 20 to 16. All right, Danny, 20 through Gosh, 16. Hold on. It's on your phone screen. I had to change it. <laughs> oh, you made a change. I made a change the grouping. <laughs> and the last minute. All right, so we're going to uh, from 20 to 10, right? No, twenty. let's do 20 to 16. Well, 20 to 16. Okay, okay um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, this, this, this number year. Number 20. Such a great movie that this year, uh, mm-hmm. Logan, number 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Sick, number mm-hmm. 18. Uh, the Post, Steven Spurgner, number 17. And then Hell or High Water, number Ooh, 16. Good choice. Oh, good choices. Yeah. Chris, um, probably Chris Pine, one of his, probably his best role. I know he plays oh. Captain Kirk, but yeah, he's it's, great. It's in oh, my, it's in my 15. And Ben Foster. The, he's the, good in Wonder oh, Woman. Who, who is a guy, if he gets into my Uber, I'm probably going to say, what are we doing, man? As if not, you have Where to get Where are we going? Out. You freak me out, mm-hmm. man. Uh, 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 Tim waited on him and Robin Wright. At he the seems like a really, a really good guy. Mm-hmm. He said they were very nice. That was good. when they were engaged. See, this is why I wanted to just do the first five, because my number 15 is a big cheat, and I think this is why they did not want me to write in their uh, aggregate website. It's because my number 15 is Marvel's Infinity Saga. Oh, okay. So that's cheating, but it's 23 films, and and three of them are outside of the... (laughs) The, yeah, see, and that's where I found troubling. I mean, there is uh, one a Marvel movie, but I wanted to put more. But then for me, to, for a movie to be on this list, I had like 100% of it. Mm-hmm. And even like, uh, example, movies are on my list, Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like Jared Leto's character. Or okay. He was kind of useless. So there was one part of that movie I probably liked like 97% of right. it. But I didn't but like I, 100. I think Marvel's Infinity Saga as a whole, yeah. 23 films, works as yeah. one compelling yeah. story. I can see that, yeah. Uh, number four, and that's uh, from 20, 2008 to 2019. Because even though the Infinity Saga includes uh, Far From Home, which is weird. So Black Widow will be the first one of Phase 4. Just, I do like that. I will admit I like the later ones. Uh, I would well, put there were, were Infinity building. War... Uh, Civil game. War, I, I still think game. There's, a, there's a sweet kick to watching the 2012 Avengers movie, though. And I mean, there's just mm-hmm. the, the way is. that Josh well done. Mm-hmm. made all those characters fit into that movie. Then again, I think Infinity War and Endgame, it's like that's like a Godfather one and two. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, and there's people out there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Martin Scorsese, but it is those cinema. movies act just like a godfather one and two they're just a one one needs the other i mm-hmm. mean they're just well when people ask me you know like my top five movies of all time i always include godfather one and two together because right. you cannot the have godfather them separate. Saga. they're brothers yeah the godfather saga and that's why i always say which that. does not include three <laughs> no no i think, I think andy <laughs> garcia was great in three but the yes. movie is problematic oh so it is pretty full so they killed the, the very end Oh, the mafia killed the Pope. <laughs> it's just forgettable. Um, sometime I'll tell you this: the the tale of trying to see Godfather Part Three. Every time I went, there was some calamity, and and the la- the time before I finally saw it, the theater had a fire. John Hewlett, <laughs> John Hewlett and Smash took me to the premiere of Godfather Three, 
I had not seen one or two. Oh, I don't think I. I think I was a little. Oh. Scared. I saw three first. When did the, th- oh. the third one come out? Ninety. Ninety. Yeah. I don't know. I was eight. Maybe it was ninety learned. or ninety-one. Yeah, it was. I just it remember. Might have it been the winter. end of ninety. It was after the ice storms. Remember, we had the, we had mm-hmm. a series of Saturday. I don't think ice I. Had, I don't think I watched the first two. I think my dad was like, "We need to watch the first two, son." Well, exactly. So. Oh well, the first one. I was a senior in high school. We had that 1972. book. Nineteen seventy-two. We had that book because that book was so risque in a Catholic school. Yeah. So we would all turn to that scene with Sonny and the bridesmaid. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know, mm. in the book because we were Con, so, we so were. Good. You know, 16, 17 year olds. Look what he's doing. Oh my God. <laughs> and we had never, you know, mm-hmm. we had never heard about that before. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a thing. <laughs> uh, so that's my number 15. Number 14, 2017's The Shape of Water. My number 13 is 2014's The Clouds of Sils Maria. Ooh, number 12 is Inside Out from 2015. And number 11, this bounced in and out of my top 10, and I finally stuck it at number 11. Woody Allen's Midnight in Paris from 2011. Mm. Good list. Thank you. I was going to tell you, Dan, that Once Upon a Time was my 21. Oh, oh yeah. 21. I, I, I watched it again with my dad, and I swear that movie just gets better every time I watch it. Technically, I have three films from this year. If you Well, never mind. Lynn, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Bring my us to the top 10. 15 to 11. Zootopia. Nice. 15. Nice, nice. 14, About Time. Everybody should see this movie. It's criminally underrated. It's Domino Gleason learning that his family, uh, the yeah. men in the family have time travel. Bill oh, Nye is his dad. Rachel McAdams plays the love of his life. It's just a wonderful movie. Rachel McAdams is in it. I'm watching Oh, That's my gosh. And at the end of it. Uh, Don't tell the ending. No, I'm not. But I'm just saying, <laughs> get your Kleenex No one's out. seen it. And it's next to my Kleenex. list, the ending of no, About Time. No, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm a big, as you know, Isn't I'm a Bill big Nye fan. Of, yeah. yeah. And so I'm a good. big fan of Richard Curtis, mm-hmm. and he. This Billy is his Matt. movie, and it just was under the radar, and everybody should see it. And what year is that? That was oh, what 2011, 12. Okay, something like that. See, that's why I put the year because I know people are going to ask. Yeah, and then number that's, thirteen that's is "Won't You Be My Neighbor." Oh, that oh, we're, we're going to talk about yeah. that later because it changed. And see, just like that, I want to put. Three and then go strangers into my twenty. Yeah, that, that's why. That's I know. Why, yeah, right. The reason is because our searching for Sugar Man. That right. was a great one. Won't you be my neighbor? Changed our conversation. We'll, in this t- we'll talk about that later. It did. Okay. Right. And then begin again because mm, oh, um, I'm a big fan of yeah, it's such a good I, movie. I will watch See, that. This is not fair. I will watch that. Anytime it's on, mm. and I just love it. Every like you said, the more you watch it, it is. About the transformative powers of music, of music. and everybody. And you didn't so think either of those two people could better, sing. And, and, and it was better than once, which he's that director mm, John is. Carney is known for. Right. right, and then Sing Street, which are turning and, into and a Broadway scene, musical. We'll talk about that. In a yeah. and, and the scene where he walks in and he's imagining the the band and the song oh. coming together mm. is just so, so good. good. I know. I I voted for that as the scene of the year when we did that. It's oh, so and good. I love oh, again. it's so good. So anyway, if you haven't seen any of those, begin again. <laughs> 
do, do yourself a favor. And who knew Adam Levine could act? And he's so good. And that song, Lost Stars, mm-hmm. so, a good song. Yeah. so good. Wasn't and, that our and, best and song that year? Yes, it was when we, had song, too. when we mm-hmm. had song. Okay, Normally, so. I'm not a big fan of hers, but she won me over in that movie. Oh, yeah. And James Corden's in it. Mm-hmm. And Haley Steinfeld. And uh, so <laughs> many. I like, I, I like where he tells you he's trying to pump her up. He's like, don't say that like a poor little British girl. <laughs> say it louder. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. just so wonderful. And my number 11 is Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water? Yeah, because that oh, one, go. from Good. the first, I love movies, in the first five minutes, you sit up and you go, and, whoa. And I'll tell you what about sticking a landing mm-hmm. with, with that scene between Bridges and Pine at the very end. Mm-hmm. It, that's how you stick a landing of a movie. That was going to be a throwaway in August, and it became... Taylor Sheridan it, did mm-hmm. that. Oh, so good. And the cast is just... I think you guys made me watch it. Um, I wasn't going um, to. Taylor Sheridan wrote that. He's the guy that wrote and directed another movie that should be on my list is Wind River. Mm. Another very good movie. All right, Dan, take us to 10. All right, so we got... 15. uh, uh, It's funny. Howard Highwater is my number 16. Number 15, Peanut Butter Falcon. I am in love with this movie. I've watched it four times. Yes. Number 14, Spotlight. Big fan of that Mm -hmm. movie. Number 13, Irishman. And again from this year. Mm -hmm. Number 12, The Martian with Matt Damon. It's a good pick. And then at number 11, Prisoners with Hugh Jackman, which probably arguably his best performance. That is a very t- – I, I watched that after we all voted on that, and I'm like, oh, I, I should have watched so this I so bad earlier. for Paul Dano in that movie. Oh, my God. The Paul hot, Dano the breaks your heart. Hey, Dano, you're right. Yeah. I keep saying Dano. It's all right. Um, Dano getting hot, steamy water. When he turns on that hot water in that box, I just – like, oh, Ugh. man. I mean, but, yeah, think about that. When you're a dad – and you break it's basically a dad mm-hmm. breaking bad after losing his daughter well, he doesn't know kidnapped. what's happened he to doesn't his yeah so you're just in oh. the dark mm. and but right when you see the bomb shelter in the first part of the movie you go this guy probably has it this guy can be can be a badass guy mm-hmm. but yeah. um and, and also jake gyllenhaal and the, in, in case oh, you've never seen it uh playing the it's just a it's a mind oh yeah and again and Roger the Deacon's ending how about sticking an ending and actually kind of leaves the ending kind of open a little bit uh, melissa leo or does it i and, don't yeah, know yeah. I, I would say that they yeah and and gyllenhaal the way that his character blinks because his character i don't think sleeps mm-hmm. no it's it, that's brilliant that was when uh jake gyllenhaal was starting to get yeah really he was good serious because then nightcrawler which yeah st louis film it's just there's a scene in Prisoners where he, you know, he's following Hugh Jackman because they, 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 he suspects that he's a part of it. And Jackman gets in the car and goes, instead of looking for my daughter, you're here with me. And Jackman's just losing it. And I just imagine Jill Hall in a car with a very angry Wolverine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, well, that was my first, my Mysterio first experience. Yeah, Mysterio going. Yeah. Okay. Are the blades going to come out of his hand? Everybody, calm down. <laughs> that was when. That was after Jill Hall was just doing kind of mild work. He's like such a, a tall guy. I mean, he's not always oh. big, but he's which always is not, so tall. Which is not what Wolverine is at all. Yeah, no, and he's no, so no. surprising because he's got but he that was whole. So good as Wolverine, mm-hmm. we, we kind of forgot about that. Right. He, he can do everything because he's got the musical he comedy and then he's got the dramatic chops greatest showman oh speaking of playing wolverine i think tom hardy could play wolverine he's short yes, he just could. like just like him and you know, well, you have you had logan in your top 20 i do yeah that's two jackman films already i know All right, so now we're we gonna let's go one by one my number 10 is sing street lynn was just talking <laughs> about it i love sing street it won our best scene 
that year because they did a very faithful version of Back to the Future as their music I've video. I've only watched that once. I need to watch it again. That's John Carney again, right? Yes. yes. And it's begin again. wonderful. I tell everybody who loves the 80s music, you have to, if you were a fan of early MTV, mm-hmm. you have to watch this movie. It's but so then good. it's got the whole family mm-hmm. thing, connection to music, and then the... The boat. And then the girl, the... Oh. <sighs> Uh, the, Lucy, the the uh, manic pixie dream. Yeah, uh, that's manic I knew, pixie dream girl. That's what I wanted to say. I knew that there was that phrase. And then, just the soundtrack is just spot on. It's great. I have the soundtrack. And then, uh, yeah, that song "Drive It Like You Stole It," mm-hmm. and they're turning it into a Broadway musical. Good. I will go see so, it. So I mean, me too. Lynn, what's your number ten? Okay, my number ten is the Big Sick. The Big Sick. Oh, are we going to talk so, about that later, Dan? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, I, I've already, I, that was my 18. Oh, that was 18? That oh, was 18. You, yeah. Camille Nanjuani, man, he's really good. Such Who's now big and buff as he's in his Marvel it, Eternals. he's in Marvels, yeah. My gosh, man, what happened to that poor little skinny comedian? Now he's just a, he's all they, Chris Hemsworth. They turned him into a... He looks like Hemsworth now. They brought a it good... It looks fake. They brought it does a good. Look fake. It looks like three hundred fake. It's like, did you just like put on that? Is that surgically six pack on your? Because he didn't look like that in Stuber. He did not. No, unless he was covering it up. And with, now you know, I think he could probably. But I, th- I think he's Dave been Batista. tweeting his uh, his pictures, and his wife's all excited. And really, and really to him, I, I will say this much: he did say that this cannot happen to the normal person. He right, had, because he has a he tr- had personal trainers, trainer, chef, working ten hours I mean, a day. Essentially, you have a, a, a chef that lives with you, mm-hmm. so he, he he cooks your breakfast, put that, lunch, and dinner. Put that pie down. It's like, are those Skittles? Put those down, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you have three trainers that, you know, probably put you through a CrossFit workout. Big Sick is well written. It's better written than it needed to and be. And it's also mm-hmm. autobiographical because mm-hmm. uh, it's a he, story of how wife. they met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it brought. Parker's her last name. I can't remember her first name. It was the first. It was a perfect time for the movie because of the cultural conversation, because mm-hmm. of the culture wars. Because he's an and Indian. And which play? The, she was in Ruby Sparks. Who played the girlfriend? Zoe. Uh, Zoe She's Kazan. Paul Dano's Zoe, girlfriend. Zoe Kazan, yeah, Zoe yeah, Kazan. Zoe Kazan. Yeah. Yeah. She's good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elia Kazan's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And the, the the brother and is so Holly, good. And then Holly Hunter and uh, Ray Romano. Ray yes. Romano and this the oh. brother when they're at the batting cage and they're not hitting anything and oh I yeah, don't they're, know. Just they're just talking. <laughs> they're just talking. <laughs> they're just talking. Not they're really Cubs swinging fans, the bat. So apologize for yeah. them. They're Cubs fan. Dan number ten. Number ten. Avengers Endgame. Again, I talk about a lot about sticking and landing. And I think that the Russo brothers should never have to pay for a drink again anywhere in the world because they just they, they brought did it. this thing to a cl- they did it. That's the best way to put it. They did it. So you know? okay, I, I have a semantics question for you. Yes. Your favorite movie of the year was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but your favorite movie of the decade, Hollywood is twenty, and this Endgame this is jumped number over t- because my kid because- and I watched it again, and every time I watch this movie, uh, Marco Bodrami's his score. They had the performances. For some reason, yeah. I mean, my top ten. Because because it, you're going on the ten years. Yeah. That, and you have to think of futures because my number two movie of last year yeah. is on here, but my number one movie is not. Because yeah. I think over the course of the decade, it, it matters. But I, I will say, hearing some of Lynn's and how much I liked them, my top 20. May, it. But before it hits print, I think one, one mm-hmm. of the – I think Irishman or Hollywood might be dropped, well, especially for Three Identical Strangers – or begin again. Well, Lynn, those are both great movies. I actually want to apologize to Lynn because last week on the podcast I had Irishman as number ten, and I and when I did it in print, I swapped it out for Jojo Rabbit. I dropped Irishman out of my top ten and put Jojo Rabbit in as number ten yeah. because I was convinced because Jim Tudor has that as his number one, and it, he convinced me that I really thought Jojo Rabbit was a 
yeah. better film. Yeah, and, and you do that. Mm-hmm. Movies, movies are. It's. I always think movies are kind of like the steak you throw in the pan. Mm-hmm. You you cannot flip it too soon. You got to let it cook because sometimes they just they they get into your system and, and something connects. Like I watched The Irishman for a third time with my wife. And it's just that That's final now ten hours you that spent fo- with final that movie. forty-five minutes with De Niro in old and old age. And that's the denouement. That's that's, that's just, after the major event of just, the movie I has mean, happened. It's just I, I think it's some of De Niro's best work. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and saying that for De Niro, who's done, uh, who's got a body of work that few can can match. I just think it all revolves around him. It's a very good script. That's why that's going to be hard to leave the twenty, but we'll see. Well, my number nine is a movie from last year. It was my number two film of last year, Eighth Grade. Eighth grade. I, Bo eighth, Burnham, yeah. I love that movie. I think it is well done, and it has it has it's a positive message for young people. Yes. A lot of these, you know, and I love and I love Booksmart, and I love uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower, and I love uh, Edge of Perks Seventeen. Of being a Wallflower, very good. Movie. I know that that was on my short list. It did not make it, but all these movies, there's always like some sort of tragedy that's going on with these things, and there's the catalyst that makes them do why they're teenagers. Eighth grade is. There isn't any of that. I mean, her mom's not there, but that that that's a normal for a lot of people. And they just took the, an eighth grader's life and they just made a movie out of it and they made it interesting. Even though there's nothing there, – it's not like Perks of Being a Wallflower where there's massive tragedy, even though there's not really massive tragedy. And, you, and I'm not spoiling that for anyone that hasn't seen Perks of Being yeah. a Wallflower, but it is – it's not – it's not like a normal teen movie. It's like what teenage movies were. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so awkward. I think it's so awkward. She wants to be a social media influencer, and she's not good at it. And and uh, it just brings you back to it's when you were 13. It's a very raw version of Booksmart. Yeah. Because Booksmart still yeah, but, has the comical aspects. But she doesn't aspects. really have friends. No, yeah, no. See, that's the thing. It, it's about, if Booksmart was about one girl, mm-hmm. and it's a lot more raw and honest, even though Olivia Wilde did a great job, I think that... Bo's movie was just a little bit more raw, especially when she's at the party. Yeah. That was a great scene. Oh, I felt yeah. I'm so sorry for her. She's at that party. She's she's like a black sheep at, at, yeah, at that party. She's wearing the one piece swimsuit. The one piece. Oh, and the boy. The, she doesn't uh, even really like. Imagine when you go to somewhere, mm-hmm. like for me, when I have to go on television, I have to put a button up shirt on. I hate wearing button up shirts. I, I don't but feel you like do, myself. But you want to look like you're but I want to look on respectable. <laughs> yeah. I know. We, we go and everybody knows those kind of situations. Everybody knows feeling like the outsider looking in mm-hmm. yeah. and then she the girl the 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 acting in it is so good and the dad at the mall yeah. and everything you just know because we're all parents was this and on your you, short list too um, or, or you had forgotten about it well no I love she's this got movie. a book it's, over so here many, there's so many I cannot basically every movie that's been on our mind Carl it's on her list right there. I know because all right, so look, what's number nine on your list okay number nine is um this is another one about teenagers. We need to talk about Kevin. Ooh. Oh, that yeah. movie haunted me. It's ang- It's I have seen scary. it several times. It's so scary and it's so prescient. What a great because, title too. We because need to talk about, about Kevin. Kevin. Because we can um, um, identify with what's going on Tilda in the world. Swinton. Oh. Oh, so, Who is so good, she scares me when she looks at me on the screen. And She's Ezra, so which he just, he's like Speaking Anthony of, Perkins. Uh, perks of being a wallflower. Yeah. Ezra, yeah, he's, Miller, he's, he's like really a, good. He's like a, um, like, 
Anthony Perkins in Psycho. Psycho. Like mm-hmm. I was afraid he's going to be, you know, but now he's the Flash and he's, you know, in and the Perks of Tilda Swinton, who, who had a really, really important oh. role in Infinity War, right? Wasn't mm-hmm. that when, when she yeah, gives hope the, the push on, on the roof? That's Endgame. That's Endgame. It's, it's oh, Endgame. Endgame. Well, it's, uh, what's, who's the director? Lynn something. And she did, we, we, you were never really here, the Joaquin Phoenix Oh, Lynn one. Ramsey. No. Yeah, Lynn Ramsey. Yeah. This was, was her great. movie. And, I, and her use of red. Mm. That was just one of the Joaquin Phoenix masterpieces that nobody really saw. It was and I so voted good. for him for Best Actor last yeah. year for it. And then uh, John C. Riley mm-hmm. as the dad. But it just haunted me, and I saw it several times. And, and to, when I made this list, I was like, what has impacted me? What do I immediately bring to this mind? This is the ultimate and, battle, Glenn, for critics, is to, to, to walk with, with the very popular waters mm-hmm. or to put your own movies, but movies are an emotional right. experience. They're personal. Well, imagine people doing that in 2000, saying, well, we're going to do, we're going to go all the way from 1915 to now. and yeah. so. Uh, it's well, just so hard. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, I don't think anybody else had Peanut Butter Falcon as their number no, one but, movie. But you like that movie. I, I did. It, yeah. was, it was personal. I mean, I watched it. That was a movie that you watch, and you want everybody you love to watch it. Mm-hmm. And you want to watch it with those people. And, I, and because of you, I watched it, and I very much enjoyed yeah, it. I'm glad and, you and got me to watch it. Again, it was Shia. You know, Shia playing a person that was very, very close to who he is in real life. I know. I wanted to think, like, not the award winners, like, not the best picture winners, but what really what, impacted me. That's right. why I don't have 12 years a slave. I don't I'll have never watch that movie speech. again. I will watch no. all of these movies again. I go fast, man. Right. Man, just... And uh, like you, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is on my later parts of it. Mm-hmm. Chef, one of your favorites, oh, Three Identical gosh, Strangers. And uh, Crazy that was, Stupid Love. That was like later. what um that's like what Rianne Johnson did with Knives Out mm-hmm. after I after Iron Man 2 Favreau had to get had to make he had one to of get his out. own. He had to get out, and make one a very personal. And he didn't. Movie. That's why he didn't do Iron Man three. That's yeah. why he's like, I, you know what, I'm going to do my I own think stuff. Just the, I think the expectations just stacked. After but then Iron again, Man. but then after Chef, he did Jungle Book. He so. did, and now he did a Lion King, and, and now he's Ju- doing the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And Jungle Book is the most beautiful. It is. Film. It's yes. better than the original, and it that's is. why it did win the Oscar mm-hmm. for visual. I, I liked Jungle Book. I did not like Lion King. No, so that's, no one liked Lion King. But uh, except for the audience, I mean. You know how films influence you? Did you order a Cuban sandwich after you saw it? I did. And really what I did know, I made a grilled cheese. Yes. (laughs) The grilled cheese that he makes. And, of course, if you love Chef like I do, him and Roy Choi did a Netflix series where Mm -hmm. they cook. Where they did it. They cook with with Bill Burr. They cook with Mm -hmm. uh, Robert Rodriguez. They cook with uh, Seth Logan, who apparently for the one where he played a chef, he knows how to uh, debone a chicken. Wow. And you get that good Seth Rogen. (laughs) You get that great Seth Rogen laugh. But, yeah, I mean, they they made that. Bill Burr was like, the only reason I'm on this show right now is because of that grilled cheese, John. Mm. And it's just, yeah. So, Danny, what's your number nine? Number nine is Inception. Inception. Uh, Christopher Nolan, I I think this was a movie where even though Dark Knight, which cannot be on this, this was 2008, I think this is where you knew that he was going to stick around. <laughs> and you know, Dark Knight Rises was not going to be. On yeah, I, I I like that movie more than most, but it, it, it again, I do too. it has to be a hundred percent, so it's not on the list. But Inception. Do you have your own theory about Inception? Um, I, I do, I, and I think I, I follow Michael Caine. That in his mind, the way that he read the last scene, that it did topple over, and so that DiCaprio did get to be with his family. It was real. 
But there are the people that think that they kept going. So, I mean, but I think that it was Tom Hardy's breakthrough role. Yes. And it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And the, the scene Ellen where they fighting in the hallway with a oh, hole Oh, that's great. Oh, that one. And, that's you know, Killian scene. Murphy. And I think this was DiCaprio. This is an underrated DiCaprio performance because you, you needed a guy who you could follow and be close to because the movie was complex. It was a Christopher Nolan movie. It's I mean, very difficult to follow. Watching it the trailer is. It for made Tenet my head hurt. Gives me a headache, even though I'll see it because it's Nolan, it's John David Washington. Mm-hmm. But this movie. But well, that's not a movie you can't you can't jump in the middle and watch. No, no, oh, no. Because I mean, they're basically they're in different levels of the subconscious. But I think the more you watched Inception, and I watched it in a theater. And you know, by the end, I got emotional because mm-hmm. I wanted him. To, I wanted him to make it home to right. his kids. I had missed the screening, so I went to Wacky and, uh, Wednesdays. Marianne Cotillard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I love, yeah. I love Marianne Cotillard. And the scene Cotillard. where you see them as they get older. Did she win the Oscar first or after that? First. It's okay. just crazy. Where yes, biz- that's because DiCaprio's character built this world for them, mm-hmm. and they got old, and they, they did it. And mm-hmm. and still, you know, he, he couldn't erase the memory of what really happened to her. So so my boy saw it first, and then I missed the screening. So then uh, we went they to Wacky. They it for you. W- no, we went to Wacky Wednesdays at the Moolah. Five dollars, and as we were sitting there, both of them leaned over to me and said, "You don't know what's going on, do you?" <laughs> and you didn't, did and you? I didn't, because the first the first half yeah. hours mind bending. But that scene but where the where the streets where yeah. it, uh, yeah, well, turns, oh, yeah. can't forget Ken Watanabe. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, movie. no! But it's just, really, I mean, I think in the end, I see. I personally think that he made it, but I, I like the way no one lets doesn't even to this day he doesn't he doesn't like david david chase will tell you that he thinks you know tony soprano was killed yeah he was killed but i think no one is to his grave is going to go no i'm not going to tell you what happened exactly and i salute him for that and i I think uh, i guess that michael kane thinks that it toppled over i think it was starting to topple right has leo said um, I don't think Leo is going to say. I think Leo, they're, they're going to have to chain him to a fence and right. go. Come on! But it does. It does get better if you see it again. Yes, yes. and everything kind of comes together. Right, because you, you well, you know what to look for. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a know, sixth sense or and, a uh, memento. Yeah, and you also know when also the plot in that movie starts to kick up a notch because mm-hmm. when, when they really start to get in. Once you're in a dream inside a dream inside a what dream. What is going inside. on? My number eight is a movie I thought should have won Best Picture instead of The King's Speech. Social Network. It's the oldest film on my list yeah. from 2010. Social Network. Aaron Zorkin. Yeah. And I also I I complain about movies that aren't based in Trent reality. Reznor's first. That's a really great big score. And Atticus. He won, he won a Oscar, an Oscar. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Atticus Ross and and, mm-hmm. and so yes, even though he he actually Mark Zuckerberg is happily married to a woman, and the whole stalking thing is totally BS. Andrew Garfield, very good. The, oh, so good. And uh, Army Hammer is very good in this movie. Army yes, Hammer that's his breakthrough. You that's his breakthrough. Admit, well, yeah. he was on, he was on CW's Reaper before that. Okay, so he I didn't he's know. playing the devil's that's probably the devil's one of the son. Three movies. He, he was good in Man from Uncle. He was oh, good in so uh, good. Call Me by Your Name a little bit. No, 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 no. Oh no, no, no! no. He was good in Sorry to Bother You. That's oh, what it was. yes, was Sorry to Bother You, and what you Ar- said, Army Hammer was, and a kilt. Man from Uncle. <laughs> but but Lone Ranger oh. playing the KGB agent. Yeah. Hey, but I will say, but, you know, because I did see him on stage and he but, was better. But he's returning social, to Broadway. Social Network should have won Best Picture because it I, should have. We don't. I don't care about what happened and and you know what i do love helena bottom carter and she's great in that movie but i think in the scheme of things we're still talking about facebook and we're not talking about the king's speech from 
1940. Social Network had Aaron Sorkin's brilliant screenplay. Writing. Mm -hmm. And the acting in it, Jesse Eisenberg is so good as Mark Zuckerberg. And that whole start and uh, the Rooney Mara. Oh, yeah, at the very beginning. Well, she's only in that one scene. I know, but it's brilliant. That was scene. enough. That was enough to. That was enough to. That <laughs> to, was get enough her the girl to... The dragon tattoo. <laughs> well, that was enough to show how paranoid his mind worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lynn, your number eight. My number eight is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, Mad Max! Yeah. Is that an adrenaline Charlie's rush? Charlie's there. Or what? Woo. That is such an adrenaline rush. Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. who I that is one of my of, three, five he's the, top he's actors. He's a minor character. That is one in that of three movie. Tom Hardy mumbling roles. Yes. Wallace, Bane, Bane, and he's like, okay. Now I did see. Bag. I saw all the Mel Gibson ones. <laughs> yes, and, all, and you all, mean all three of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, all Lynn, those. Lynn, you nearly adopted the dark. I was born into <laughs> and, it. And and it was so good, but. That whole frenzy with the Valhalla George and Miller. Uh, Nicholas Holt. George Miller, and, wasn't he 72 oh, years old when he I made know. that movie? And the stunts are incredible yes. when they're swinging in the desert. Uh, the one on the vehicles. Oh, the one God. scene where that sandstorm is chasing like the army of vehicles, that is a great shot. Oh, and Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. so, she so... Has, she has one arm in that film. Wonderful. and the, I do think she's better in Atomic Blonde. Though. Yes, I do, which yeah. was number 44. <laughs> very, very, very influenced by John Wick, but very good. Yeah, that movie is just like a fever dream. And every time you watch it, it's just insane. And it's so technically proficient. Didn't it win four Oscars? I think it did. Uh, it did. Yeah. And it's just, to me, you can't get that out of your head. All right, Dan, number eight on your list. Oh, gosh. Let me go back to oh, wait. Sorry. Lock screen. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do is press the button twice. Number eight. number eight on my list is The Town. I think this is Ben mm. Affleck's best movie. Um, it just it, Jeremy mean, Renner for for a guy that brought that, that whose whose favorite movie of all time is oh Heat. it was on your what it was on number um, thirty four <laughs> it's John Hamm playing the FBI agent it's Ben Affleck playing the leader of this crew it's going in Boston going up against the FBI uh, it's just a very well done movie the action in the movie reminded me of Michael Mann's Heat and the story you know about a guy who can't exactly escape his past Pete Postlewhite played the you know um, the local gangster. Um, Renner was fantastic. I mean, playing the guy on his crew who didn't want Affleck's character to go. I, I think and he's was, so mean. Yeah, I oh, mean, he did. So See, Jeremy gem. Renner can act, and he can. It, but sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. That was his second Academy like, Award nomination. That was. was right after Hurt Locker. And it, it was a movie that I, I just think, look, if you're going to do that genre, you have to add your own take to it, your own fresh spin. Yep. I think Ben Affleck did that. That showed me his skill as a director. A lot of the, the, the scenes that, that, that were shot, even especially when they pull up to the bank and the door opens and the guy just jumps out with a machine gun. That's just a great sounding mm-hmm. uh, movie too. It's on HBO this month. I saw it's it so again great. when Charlie was home and, and we watched it. We couldn't, yeah. it, it uh, stopped some re- I don't know what happened. It, Maybe it also team. has like one of the best, and this is like a series of interrogations. You had like the, the Pacino De Niro scene in the diner. And this one you have Ham and Affleck he says, you're not just knocking off some corner star market, you know, you're doing this great. And then he goes, if you're going to tell me guys, you know, don't, don't, don't drive the company car FBI, you know, <laughs> yeah. flowers and by the, Irene, be, the fighting be, Irish be tattoo, slicker than, be mm-hmm. slicker than a six year old. It's a great <laughs> scene. I mean, even Affleck, that's one of his most, 
you know, confident performances. It is. Playing Doug McRae, who was a former hockey player who turned into a life of crime because that's, and his dad, one scene, Chris Cooper. Mm. Oh, so good. Such a great scene. And, you know, I, I just think the more you watch that movie again, you see the layers about his past and Renner. And playing, Rebecca Hall. And Rebecca Hall playing. That was the first time the I saw her. The woman that kind of upends the whole crew. Was that, right. I think, I think they keep doing jobs. Because she saw the Fighting Irish mm-hmm. tattoo. Yeah. It's just a very well done movie. Well, my number a eight. A genre movie at that. My number eight was the oldest film in the list. My number seven is the newest film in the list. It is Parasite. I think this movie yeah. will hold up yeah. as for a long time. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah, Danny? I mean... I mean, I, I will say that the ending, the last 15 minutes. And Bonkers I I, crazy. I, I, and I, I don't want to spoil it because it's still relatively new, but I adored, it's crazy. I adored the dad in that movie. I, I The whole movie, I stuck with him. I thought he was just, especially in the movie, how they talk about how he smells mm. and, how, and that kicks off the f- final part of that mm. plot. I mean, you're this dad who is just trying to do whatever he can for his family. They're basically a group of grifters. Yeah. And... The end, which kind of reminded me of Twenty Fifth Hour, how it imagined this particular maybe it this has is how to it goes. end this way. It has to end this way, and and then even if it's true or not, which kind of brings back an Inception like thing mm-hmm. where you wanted to end this way. Well, I, th- I thought yeah. technically it was very well done, but I thought the way it, it connected is something that I didn't expect. I think it's going to. I think. We, when they do announce the Oscars in a couple of weeks, I think it will not just be a foreign film. I think it's going to get some more love other than that. I do too. I think director, mm-hmm. I think editing and screenplay. Yeah, Bong, to me, it's the Bong's most. Or- be there. Yeah. yeah. It to me, it's the most original screenplay. Production of the design year. Mm-hmm. is a given. I say, oh, that house. The, the best part mm-hmm. is where the the mom who's playing uh, the maid has to make that uh, that ramen mm-hmm. and the guy's coming up the stairs and with the, the bowl of thing soup in her hand she kicks him back down oh, the yeah, stairs the kick. Oh, that's good. a great scene because you don't even hear the fall you just see him go good and he kicks him back mm-hmm. down the stairs oh it's, it's a great it's, it's a great scene it is and uh, uh, an ensemble and I, and I loved the farewell which was my number one movie of the last year but I think parasite for the decade, is going to be remembered. Yes, because it's groundbreaking. Uh, Bong uh, Joon-ho. Uh, Joon-ho that Bong. was good. Yeah, Bong, uh, Bong Joon-ho. Yeah, Bong Joon-ho. How, um, he has a way of storytelling, his mm-hmm. visual style of storytelling, and the way he uses the house, the way he blocks all the mm-hmm. shots. He's just brilliant at it. And I think the story of haves and have-nots is one that just resonates with a lot of people. Right. And and so people that don't want to read a film, I'm just like, just go with it mm-hmm. because it's worth your yeah. time. I think there's a lot of... Uh, I'm, not think, read, I'm not going to a movie yeah, to read. I, mean, I, I think even if you didn't even have the subtitles, that would still be a good movie. Like, right. Even if you knew, didn't even know what was being said, it's a yeah, very visually the expressive... The sex scene on the couch, you need yeah, the subtitles. So, I mean, it's a very... <laughs> It's a very visually expressive movie. Mm-hmm. Well, the kids shooting arrows dressed up with Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, e- even towards the end, when they, let's just say this little thing clangs around up the stairs and there's a chase. It's mm-hmm. just even the sound mm-hmm. in that movie was very well done. Yeah. I think, it, like you said, Carl, it's going to get out of the foreign film graveyard. It's so not cool. just going to be relegated to Best Foreign Film. Well, Screen Actors Guild nominated the cast for Best, Best Ensemble, ensemble. Mm-hmm. and it's the first one since... Uh, what's the uh, Robert Benin? You know, oh, life is beautiful. Life, life is, is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. 
All right, what is your number seven, Lynn? My number seven is Black Klansman. Black Klansman. Adam Driver that? and John David Washington. J.D. Washington. That's right. Because it's, it's Spike Lee's best film since Do the Right Thing. And Topher Grace. It's all. Oh. <laughs> Playing David Duke. Oh, yeah, my God. yeah. It, I didn't know it was based on a true story. And then when I saw the film, I found out it was based on a true story. Sometimes that's good. And, mm. and I was just like, it had me on the edge of the seat. It was like a crime thriller, but also a very modern film. And as I told Jay Kanzler that night after I saw it on the air. And of course, air, a movie this year I didn't really know the whole story about was Ford versus Ferrari. And with one person's fate, that's probably good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. I told Jay, I said, it's hard to watch that much hate. Mm-hmm. And I think Spike Lee just captured the zeitgeist. It's a triumphant tale. And when he used the when he used the Charlottesville mm-hmm. thing, that just it just we sat in the theater afterwards and just sat there because yeah. nobody could move. And, and mm-hmm. especially the phone call in the end, right? Is just so it, it's just because you're waiting for that moment where they and go, there is one. You you've been played. <laughs> and then John David Washington, I did not know for me, he was Denzel's yeah, yeah. son. And he played and for the Rams. The Rams running back on the practice squad. And then squad. I right. went because I knew him as J.D. Washington because right. that's the way yeah. Denzel referred and to also, him. Also, I, I knew him as uh, Ricky Jarrett on the. Wayne Johnson HBO series Ballers. Ballers and he's very good in that mm-hmm. show. Oh, and then I just but that cast is so good and it just it it's it he does just, sound like his dad from dad. time to time. Oh my god, after you know, I watched it, it again and when I watched Usually it when he again, stares at the camera, he has that Denzel I got you face. Mm-hmm. Oh, as 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 soon as I knew that and I watched it again, I was like, "Oh, and, you and are also, so Denzel." And Driver, son. that was when he really kind of put his foot down. That mm-hmm. was an Oscar nomination. Right. And I know he's had an outstanding year. He's going to have another one this year. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I think he's kind of like uh He's a little Christian Bale. He's a little Gosling. He takes the roles that are more mainstream, but he also does very challenging roles. And they mm-hmm. all seem to be different, too. Yeah. Dan, what is your number seven? A uh, movie I was infatuated with last year. It's called A Star is Born. Yes. Um, Bradley Cooper this. and Lady Gaga. I think if you're going to remake a movie, you have to put your own spin on it. Cooper, who, I mean, I can't believe this is his first time directing a movie. He, he decided to shoot uh, the music scenes from behind the performers. I love that. Mm-hmm. And he played I the mean, very J- first scene. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jackson Maine is a tough character to play. And I think that the way that he shined a light on, on alcohol abuse and depression and how those two things can mold into. He made Andrew Dice Clay believable. He did. Playing Lady Gaga's dad. I mean, the whole and scene. Lady Sam, Gaga. Sam <laughs> Elliott. Playing she won an Oscar. She's the scene, all right. And, and just the little things where you find out that he was, when, when that scene with Sam Elliott where he gets out of the car, he jumped out on the set of that car and got that, that shot of Elliott backing up crying. That just tells you how great of a director he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that it was very it was very meticulous. Um, when they're singing on the set, they're, that, that they're singing on the set. They did it at mm-hmm. live festivals. It's those little things. And Cooper, who I just think has had one of the best decades. I mean, he's, he's in like um, he's in, two movies he, on my list. Yeah, well, he's also in Endgame. Yeah, yeah, he's in Endgame. I mean, <laughs> I, I just think that even American oh, Sniper, yeah. which is not on my list, and, you know, he's just even American Hustle, where mm-hmm. he played oh, the FBI oh. agent. So good. See, I that mean, could have been on here. Yeah, I, mean, I it's know. It's very good. And I just think that this is a movie that he didn't just go, well, I'm going to go make a movie. I think he had to make A Star is Born. Lady Gaga, who didn't just play Lady Gaga. I mean, no, the, she the didn't. character in that movie was a no, lot different. A, yeah. And even as Lady Gaga said, like, look, 
I didn't need a man to make my career. <laughs> I basically made my own career. Right. But she was great. Oh, and, yeah. And just in the scenes with him, it's heartbreaking. And it's a movie that I think that the way he chose to end it, not like the originals, he mm-hmm. chose it how to really be true to Jackson, Maine. And where Jackson, Maine tells you, he's like, you know, I was stuck on a farm with my dad, an alcoholic father. And, you know, when he tells Ron Rifkin how he tried to hang himself. Mm-hmm. And it turns into laughter because the... The, the, the cord broke off the fan. It's just, there's so many moments in that movie that have nothing to do with music. It's just about how music can help a life, but it can't always save it. Let me ask you a question. Which version of the film do you like? Do you like the special edition? Do you like the director's cut? Or do you like the original? Um, what they added on, um, the, the scene where Lady Gaga sings to him after their wedding, sings him that great song. I wish that would have been in there. Hmm. But, 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 you know, where she basically sings her vows to him. And that's probably one of Lady Gaga's best songs. I mean, even though Shallow is a great song, it's the third best song on the soundtrack. <laughs> um, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I think the theatrical version works, but, of course, me loving the movie, I'll take more of Star is Born. But. I didn't think we needed another Star is Born because I did see the previous three, but after seeing a Star is Born, he totally won me over. They won me over. It is my number 26. Yeah, oh. and really, I mean, and, and in the beginning of the movie, how they just do that, that black eyes, mm-hmm. and we're... You just cameras spinning she around. She starts singing the Wizard yeah. of Oz, and, and, and yeah, where, where, she, where the camera's spinning around Cooper, and he's and he takes that big shot of gin mm-hmm. and the pills, and he gets on there, and the guy, the stagehand, is literally pushing him onto the stage because he's probably drunk and right. high. But I just but thought, once you get there, you know yeah. what to do. And also, you know, um, Lucas Nelson really mm-hmm. playing a part of his band. He's the one that trained Cooper, and Cooper was a legit musician by the end of this movie. I mean, it, it's it's impressive. Well, I you that's a remake. Mine is a totally original story. It was my number two film of twenty fourteen. Number six. Is this number, number six. six? Here we go. Is Whiplash. Ah. Whiplash. Whiplash. J.K. Simmons in a very tight T-shirt. And he holds his <laughs> fist up like this, and you can't tell that Miles Teller has made a mistake. No. And you can't tell that can't. the tempo is. No. But J.K. Simmons knows exactly oh, what's wrong. Yeah. And oh, and then the revenge scenes. And, oh. and of course, the, the ending was a great payoff, though. Because, because yes. I, I like the way they didn't give in and make it too sappy. warm and sappy. Mm-hmm. But it was an acknowledgement that those two characters had. That I watched Whiplash at the radio station. Max gave me his copy, and I sat down in one setting and watched it. And I loved it. It was my second yeah. favorite movie that year. For people year. that don't understand how good Miles Teller is, you know, he holds his own. I mean, big the, fan. I mean, he, he's just so good, and he's kind of slowed down a little bit after Fantastic Four. I mean, I know that was kind of a it's bomb. Not his fault. But Michael B. Jordan was in that movie, so. But um, yeah, no. And, I mean, uh, maybe, thank maybe. you for uh, your service. Mm-hmm. Another great Miles Teller movie. But, and but uh, Damien Chazelle. That was his first. That was his breakout before La La Land. Yes, and I wasn't a huge fan of La La Land. Yeah, that's a, that's in a lot of people's. Uh, it, I'm sure that's on Lynn's. It is. Even though Emma 40. Stone is lovely. Number forty. Uh, Lynn, what's I had your number to see six? it three times to really number love it. number six. Where you number got, six? Lynn? Get out. Get out. Because Daniel that is Kaluuya, a, as I say. Yes, that is a movie that I saw with a Saturday matinee crowd, and it was all ages, all ethnicities. Yes, and. Everybody the, loved it, and it was just what white people. I'm never think having about tea with black Catherine people, Keener, and what black ever. people think about white people, mm-hmm. and it brought the conversation Where out. He's sitting in that chair, and his eyes start to water. I'm like, 
what are they doing to him? And that ending, <laughs> and it just, Jordan Peele just hit the nail on Good the head. Good for him. Good it, for him. It yeah. was great. And now he's producing um, uh, an Amazon series called The Hunters with Al Pacino. It's and he was out part of the uh, reboot of The Twilight Zone. Good for him. Candyman mm-hmm. coming out. And then he did Us last year, which yes. you guys ruined for me. You got you. You put it up here for me, and then when I saw it, I did not feel as high as you did. It was oh, my, no, not it was me. my favorite horror no. film of the year, but I, I'll not tell you me. what, if, if I had to really do that list over again, Ready or Not would be number one. Mm-hmm. I did not put it as my top one because I, I knew the twist right away, and, I know, and I just didn't like the ending Lupita at all. Lupita Nyong'o really kept me in it, though. She he does. Could, she's she could, frightening. She, and also, in Winston both characters Duke playing the Winston Duke's great. Totally frightening as Wakanda's a, savior. Don't forget <laughs> then Black Panther he saved Wakanda well yeah. the zingers the that Jordan Peele does for instance because the, he's a comedy guy the Siri, uh, the the, the uh, yeah. Alexa or Siri Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele man you know playing uh, NWA Keegan-Michael Key is also very very funny in and Elizabeth everything. Moss yeah. well, yes. that, not, let's not talk yes, about let's us let's not talk no. about let's us talk about Get Out because yeah, Get, Get Out is a much because, better movie and, Get and, Out Us and then just <laughs> using Allison Williams and uh, Daniel Kaluuya nobody knew he was no, little a little Ray, Ray stole and also the show. Daniel, yeah, TSA man, mess with TSA. Um, and uh, because you don't know <laughs> what you don't know. Yeah, and uh, it won the Oscar for yeah. best screenplay. And, and of course, screenplay. Daniel Kaluuya, who was in a very, very good Queen, Queen Slim. Slim this year. Dan, what's your number six? My number six is Arrival. Denis Villeneuve. Oh. Um, Amy Adams and Renner. Jeremy Renner. Again, playing a really good role. A movie I think that kept you, it reminded me of Inception. I hate the how it ends. I hate the I ending, know. but that's a story choice. I don't like the ending. And I, I, I See, I, I love the ending because it, it really brought the whole story home. Well, it, it's it's not really an ending. I, I know. <laughs> but it, it's more just the, the way they, they they tie the story together. And I, I think mm, the way that time travel the movie, yeah, the movie, <laughs> it did. It, it was very confusing at times. But then again, when I watched it a second no, I and love, third time. I love Arrival. Yeah, but, but I don't, but, as a choice. Oh, and but, Michael Stolberg. But, oh. but especially the scenes where she's on that, when they go up in that ship and mm-hmm. she's communicating I with I love Amy aliens. Adams. <gasps> that yeah, is so a good. brilliant scene. Yeah. And, with and her of hands. Course, the score in the end of the movie where they ties it all together, it was used on the Leftovers. I'm, I'm, I'm Max Reiter. It's a great score because I think scores can really just lend yes. the movie so much weight. But yeah, that movie, it's so emotional in the end because as a parent, you mm-hmm. think about, you make that choice in your head. And I'm going to say it because it's many years old. You know, if you knew that, that your, your kid was going to die would of you still terminal have disease, your would you still have? And, and I tell you what, I would. Yeah, but would. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil the movie, but, but you think again, you would have you think you would have made different choices yes, around yes, that. Maybe you would have, and, and I like the way that they keep you off balance as in regards to Renner and. And Adam's I love the character. movie. I just didn't like the story. Cho- the the last fifteen minutes, the choices they made also, upset me. That's also what makes you a good critic. Is that you? I can appreciate the you film. You can appreciate the film, but you also can say this part of it. I. It's like right. it's kind of like a Jenga thing, you mm-hmm. know. You, you didn't like the way they pulled out that piece, but it didn't fall over. It didn't me. fall over. Yeah, All right, go. we're in our top five. I, I my top really got some going. There. My top five is a previous mentioned top five Ready? documentary from last year. Won't you be my neighbor? Oh, such a great movie. Won't you be mine? It's much better than A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Eat your heart out, Tom Hanks. Won't you be mine? It brought Mr. Rogers back to the conversation and the kindness. It's yeah, because I I didn't know about the whole PBS when they were trying to take them off the air. I, but before I watched that documentary, I, I didn't know about that. 
Because I he, didn't because know. he was always on the air when you he were was watching. Always on the air. Yeah. I didn't know how he affected the the social conversation, mm-hmm. the social justice. And I also didn't know how, how he talked about real live events, like mm-hmm. the things that are happening in the world. And you he, you hear about Sesame Street talking about Mr. Hooper's death. You don't hear about you don't hear about what Mr. Rogers did. And he, I remember dressing. I had a Channel Thirteen. Uh, photo uh, it was a video camera it was a fake video camera i dressed up channel 13 was uh uh it was uh lady elaine's not no the uh the who's the mean puppet the, with the with the big nose I, I i remember mr rogers it's just the feeling that you get from seeing fred rogers and yes tom hanks is a great actor but He's Fred Rogers. He's not. I mean, I I enjoyed that film, but it wasn't on my top fifteen. I mean, it's it's a movie that I Lady Elaine Fairchild. Sorry. Yeah, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood was good. I, I liked. Um, gosh, who's the who's the the, the actor that plays Matthew Reese? Who, who I, I think he was the breakout of that movie, finally getting a big role to play. And and I I liked those two together, but I found it to be. But very they changed everything. They very didn't need well, to. But also, I think that they can do that. Marianne Heller, I think she was telling a version of a story, and I think you can switch things around if you want to. But it also makes it, you lose a little bit of the impact mm-hmm. of the story. Won't you be my neighbor? Talked about his family. Mm-hmm. Talked about the and and interviewed people on the set of the movie. But not Michael Keaton. He's in a picture, but he's not. He's not uh, in there. Right. Well, George Romero was a con- uh, was a cameraman uh, for Mister Rogers because Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You know, he did a yeah. Night of the Living Dead in Pittsburgh. But it also uh, my when my son saw it, he came home and he said the whole crowd. This played in the multiplexes mm-hmm. for months, which to me for a, for documentary, a documentary, it's now the most successful documentary of all time. People but love it Fred Rogers. Just, it touched a chord because. As Tim said, it made you want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Because was he for real? And then you found out he was. Fred Rogers and, and was for people real. People talk about Martin Luther King and how his influence still affects us. I think Mr. Rogers can teach a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, with all the violence. And, and that's all why the Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is still yeah. on. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that he's a guy that is still teaching us lessons mm-hmm. about how to be decent. Right. When, and that's why it, it just rebooted it, too. Number five for you. Number five. Grand Budapest Hotel. See? Yeah, I had to put a Wes Anderson, and as much as I love Moonrise Kingdom, which is later down the list, Isle Grand Budapest <laughs> Hotel is just so meticulously done. That hotel is so beautiful, and it all is. the intertwining stories. Jude Law, Ray Fine should, Ray have, been nos- great. should great. have been nominated for an Oscar for that. And Tony... Um, oh, what's Romanary? Yeah, what's his name? The the guy. He's the now kid. a star. Mm-hmm. He's now in movies. He's very good. Uh, and uh, Saoirse Ronan is Saoirse in Saoirse it. Ronan. And it has so many different uh, storylines. Story when Jude Law's in the lobby telling that story. Yeah. And it's just. It's got a lot of different. It's got a lot of different quirky aspects mm-hmm. that work. I mean, sometimes Wes's quirkiness doesn't always work that way. But this one was the one I think it all came together. Mm-hmm. Right, and it was nominated for uh, the most Academy Awards that year, along with Birdman. And it didn't really win any. <laughs> I just like the way a lot of the parts with, with, with Rafe and the kid were like it was like he was oblivious, but it was his third little journey. Oh, Dan, number so five for you. Number sir. five is the first of two David Ayer movies that are on my top five. Uh, Fury. I, Fury. I really, I really loved this movie. Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf, and John Bernthal. Michael Pena. I think it was a very well-told part of World War II involving the tanks, 
and how that that particular part of the battle played out. I like the ending. I think it's one of Brad Pitt's best roles. Uh, and the, the fact that they find you know creative ways to tell. I mean, World War II has been pretty much run over and run over in the movies. There's a whole channel but, on it. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole channel on it. And I just think this was kind of a a red meat version of Saving Private Ryan. It was very well done and. I think it was a, a big-scale film that had a very, you know, big beating heart at the center of it. My number four film was from 2013. It was my favorite film of that year. It is based on a play. It is August Osage County. Ooh, Meryl Streep Meryl and Street Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. See that. Having a huge-ass fight at Man. dinner. Oh. Every family can appreciate. I oh. love that. As I watched the movie, I sat there and said... This is my favorite movie of the year. And I was right. I love that movie. I don't know. Maybe it says something about me that I really love this dysfunctional family. Yeah. But I enjoyed every second of August Osage County. I've ne- I had never seen it as a play. I knew it was a play, of course. Yeah, me neither. But I, it, it's well done. And it's Street at her best. And Julia Roberts playing... Barbara, non Julia Roberts. She plays Barbara. Well, they cast that so well. Chris Cooper. uh, It's just how many movies is Chris Cooper on our list? I know, I know, and he's really had a good year this year. Yes, he did because he's in uh, he's in Little Day in the Neighborhood, and he's in uh, yeah. Um, Okay, so I did see it as a play. And it was one of the most brilliant plays I have ever seen. But it's a good movie. And Tracy Letts based it on his. Uh, family, his his <laughs> his his a grandmother actually, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Meryl Streep. That's that's the yeah, that's the Oklahoma uh, part of his family. And Steppenwolf put it on, and it became this great, you know, acclaimed, and it got him on the map. And and now he's in Little Women. <laughs> yeah, and Estelle Parsons did the tour at the Fox. People did walk out at the Fox because they weren't expecting the language. It. But that scene when the the daughter takes over and takes the pills from the mom mm-hmm. and is like, I'm in charge now. That is so brilliant. But the movie casts every single part perfect. Yeah. yeah. Sam Shepard as the dad. Well, Meryl Street. He's barely in it. Yeah. Ewan I'm McGregor spying, as I'm the spying as, Lynn's list for number four. As the as the professor. Cheater. It's just one of those movies, Ooh, but it's I hard. See it. I it's, like it too. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to watch. Let me just say but, that that Lynn's number four is directed by a woman who was snubbed this year at the Globes. Oh yes. okay. So that would be Lynn? Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Sersha. Sersha. I love, this is a perfect movie. Greta when we're talking about perfect movies. Lauren Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Lauren Metcalf. Yeah. It is, again. They're, they're arguing, and then they share a moment. And, and, and then Ronan just jumps out of the car. <laughs> when you were talking about eighth grade, mm-hmm. capturing that because your daughter was in eighth grade at that mm-hmm. time, I went, Catholic, <laughs> I went to Catholic. I went to Catholic all-girls school, and I was in a musical at the all-boys school. And and, that, and that's Beanie. Just, Beanie's in that movie, too, and, from Booksmart. And the best part is where the football coach comes in and describes the, the yes. play. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Lucas her best Hedges, friend is Beanie yes. Feldstein, who is yes. in Booksmart this and they're year. eating the communion wafers. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. But you can identify every moment with Saoirse Ronan's character. And then when she leaves home and she's in college and she calls the she mom. Calls mom. Oh, my God. That movie is just hits. It hits on all cylinders. And Greta Gerwig. That Maybe was her... I will appreciate it later, but yes. I didn't appreciate it at the time. I, and I, I still liked it, but I just... 
I knew girls see, like that. And see, for me, like uh, with Parasite, I liked it a lot, but it's not in my top fifteen. But I think if I watch it again and again, I think like like Lady Bird, I'll, I'll appreciate it more and more. There's a lot of like with a movie like that, all the technical things hit you first, but then the story elements mm-hmm. hit you. With Lady Bird, a lot if you haven't experienced it, maybe some of the stuff doesn't hit you as much. Well, I'm drawn to movies with family conflicts because mm-hmm. you know my family puts the fun in dysfunctional, mm-hmm. and uh, so I'm drawn to those type of movies. So August but, Osage County and Lady Bird. <laughs> yes. Dan, what's your number four? Uh, it's a movie. It's a very good French film called The Untouchables. It was remade into the Kevin Hart, Brian Cranston. Oh, right, film, right. The Upside, so you're, you're talking about the original. The original in 2012 about, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of like the street hoodlum who kind of becomes the caretaker for a very rich uh, painter, uh, paint, uh, I guess painting... Uh, a choir, a painting, paint collector, and uh, uh, based on a true story. And, and of course, Omar Sy, who was in, uh, uh, let's see, Burnt with Bradley Cooper. He is in Call of the Wild with Harrison Ford. He plays one of the main roles, and it's just a very well done movie about two opposite people who help each other out, become friends. A poor guy from the streets and a very rich guy. And you're saying who, see the original in French yes, rather I mean, than and the, actually the upside. I, I, I didn't want to like that movie, but I enjoyed the Hart and Cranston version. But this one, that one was more commercial and just kind of run in the mill. This is a very good film, and it reminded me of my grandmother who loved French cinema. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch it, that cramped plaza front neck where you can't move your shoulders, <laughs> and you have to really watch the movie. Right, because the seats are so but yeah, cramped and slanted. You know, the, the rich guy is a quadriplegic who needs help, he needs care, and this guy from the streets isn't supposed to get this job, but he gets it, and it's a movie that, you may not know anybody in the movie, but it's very, very well done. It's a very affecting movie that I think you can kind of, again, you know, opposites attract, become friends. It won the Oscar for Best Foreign, foreign film, film that year, and it won the St. Louis Film Critics. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and when I watched it, it's one of those movies that kind of hit you out of nowhere because I thought, okay, Untouchables, French film. But I watched it, and the the, it, the other, the other lead actor you. reminded me of a French Dustin Hoffman. He looks just like Dustin Hoffman. But it's just, I don't know. I didn't expect it to be that uh, emotional. My number three movie is from 2012, and it is Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom. I, Which I, I love. And, and I love Budapest, and I love Isle of Dogs, mm-hmm. but Moonrise Kingdom. Chief. Bruce Sorry. Willis <laughs> and the the two kids falling in love. Oh, on the it's beach. It's just so sweet. Doing the twist it with is, the record player. It is. And it's a family story, and it's a good family story. It and it, in, yes, it is Wes Anderson, so it's a little weird. But I really, and Bruce Willis can play a mate or a uh, fatherly figure. Yeah. Oh, and and the cast, it Edward Norton. Edward Norton's really Ed, good. In the yeah, movie. Edward Norton, uh, Francis McDormand, uh, the uh, Harvey Keitel, Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. Another very good movie that could be on the list. Three three billboards outside Evan, Missouri. Francis McDormand. I know. Mm-hmm. Too many. So that was my number three, Moonrise Kingdom. That is my Wes Anderson entry. Lynn, what's your number, number three? three? My number three is Carl mentioned it already, The Social Network. Social Ooh, Network. Nice well, you could have told me three. to hold off on Well, no, no. I yeah. was going to say it was right. good for no, you, and I agree hey, with everything I'll you say, said. We haven't had a lot of uh, crossovers. No. We haven't a lot yeah. of, and, and that and just see, speaks to the quality of the critics in this room, let me just say that. Or, or as you know, that... Different movies touch people in different That's ways. Right, yeah. And Fincher, it's Fincher. One of my another rule I had on this yeah. was like one, one film per director. Mm. Yeah. So that's why Gone Girl is like sixteen. And yeah. Fincher does a very good job with the Netflix series Mindhunter. Yes, Mindhunter. Dan, what's your uh, runner runner up? Another another Ayer film. 
which I convinced Max to see. End mm-hmm. of Watch. Mm-hmm. I think as far as cop Daniel movies Pena. goes, Michael Pena, Jake Gyllenhaal, and um, even Frank Grillo, who, who who's in it, got a small. All role. your friends. One of my friends, well, former friends. That's that's a whole other podcast. Um, it's a great movie. I think as far as showing the life of a cop in L.A. It's very good. It's got a, it's good action packed ending. But I think the way that they chose to tell the life of a cop away from you know the patrol car, away from the streets, uh, is also Anna Kendrick mm-hmm. and Natalie Martinez. Um, just a very good movie. I mean, it's it's a movie that I think that was kind of a low budget thing. Uh, this, this was I think David Ayer's first directing movie because he wrote Training Day. But um, I know another movie I walked into thinking, okay, it's a good cop movie, but I. Can't it was also released late in the year too. Yes, it was yeah. one of those that and fell I'm through the cracks. And I'm finding out that 2012 is a very big good, good year for me because you get a lot of the movies that I on my list are from 2012. Mine are, was, a lot of mine for 2014. Yeah, see, and, and again, I think End of Watch, as far as being a hard, you know, hardcore cop film, was very good because I think they showed all the facets of being a cop. I mean, it wasn't just one driven plot; it was a bunch of threads. And how these two guys are best friends, but you know, being a cop in L.A. I mean, mm-hmm. there's you know, and Michael good. Pena, he's a secret weapon. He is. Mm-hmm. He's and he's one is. of those. And you see his name, and you know, yeah. it's, he's going to be and, good. And in this movie, you know, and he's also you know made a, a bunch of films with David Ayer. He was he was in Fury, and um, I think in this movie, it's just the way you believe these two guys as best friends. Jill Hall was more of the the military cop, the guy who had all the structure. Pena was kind of like the comic relief cop, but. Again, when, when they show their lives, when you tell a character's full story away from the badge, out mm-hmm. of the car, at home, that gives a film resonance. So that's how that film kind of really, again, hit me out of nowhere. Like a lot of the movies on this list, about half of them are movies that I didn't see coming. I mean, obviously, Irishman, you, you know, you saw coming and A Star is Born. But this is a movie kind of like The Untouchables where you're like, wow, that was better than I thought. Well, my runner-up is another cheat it is the Star Wars saga from 2015 through 2019, which does not just include three films. It includes Solo and Rogue One. I love Solo and Rogue One so, so much. They are the five. the five films of the Star Wars saga, and that doesn't even include The Mandalorian, which could be edited down to one movie because it is four half-hour episodes. Which has episodes. Carl Weathers and Bill Burr. I have to watch yes, the show. Not in the same <laughs> scenes, though. I know. But that's, it's, it's an anthology show. But, but everything like Star Wars do, has done in the last decade gives it my number two position <laughs> because it's not my number one film, but they what they've done, Disney has done, this is basically what Disney has done with Star Wars, I, I salute what they're doing, and I know some people hate eight, and some people hate nine. That's all right. And that's okay. Remember, Disney movies are for children or the childlike, and so I love yeah. them all. Well, here, here's the thing about Star Wars movies. Everybody talks about them. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Rise of Skywalker is a flawed film, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's seeing it because when somebody doesn't like something, that person who didn't want to we'll see it all it. of a sudden wants to see it. They mm-hmm. want to have an opinion. Everybody well, maybe wants I will not opinion. like it also, but yeah. I have to try it. But anyway. then I'll watch it and go, oh, my God, I was crying. Ah. And then all of a sudden you it. love it. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you were almost going to stay home and watch Tango and Cash again so there you go right lynn what's your runner-up for the decade for the decade it is uh dan already mentioned it spotlight Spotlight. yes what a great movie about writing it is it is a great movie um i actually lived this story i was you you worked at the boston is a very big feature on lynn's list no i know when um when um in 1993 the belleville Belleville, Belleville diocese 
Well, I was working at the Centralia Sentinel Daily Newspaper in Southeast, uh, South Central Illinois. What I'm about your list, Lynn, is that, like me, you, a personal connection yes, to these films. Personal. Yes, personal. Lady and Bird, so, now this one. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was not Rachel McAdams, but not Rachel McAdams. Right. But I got a tip. This is when they started removing priests from the parishes. And I got and transferring a, them to other parishes. Yeah, I, got a, I got a tip. And they were being very secretive. And that tip had me run with it, and I happened to be basically no people in the right places, mm-hmm. and I started uh, breaking news that nobody else had, and because uh, I was Centralia Sentinel, which is a way small daily and everything, yeah. mm-hmm. and then finally the news democrat had to quote me actually and uh, those st louis tv stations got on board because i was saying hey this priest is removed where is he what's going on why is and he? i was getting all this evidence and then people started calling and, me and really well, yeah about that movie and the the primary cast members are great but oh. for me it's liam schreiber as marty baron oh and of course editors. i'm a big Liev fan i love ray donovan but this is a type type of Liev role where he kind of altered his appearance a little bit and really played the guy who really kicked off. He told this this team of, of reporters to go after this story because he was coming from Miami, and they're like, well, what is this new yeah, they editor? Didn't, they, didn't, they didn't trust him. Yeah, they didn't trust him. I love where they're at the party, and he's uncomfortable because Marty Baron wasn't really a, a party kind of guy. He right. was right. a really good worker. I just think even those little bitty roles – like like Liev and you know and Stanley Tucci playing the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. attorney. Um, it was spot on everything that. Oh, who, who who directed it? I am saying his name right. Oh, Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yeah Stanley Tucci. Okay. Every single facet guy. of that movie. It showed the Catholic Church's response. It showed the victims. It showed the staff. It showed the editors. It showed the community. Every thing that they Everything. they checked off the list and the they editing in that movie. Was phenomenal. So I mean, it just moved. Good. I mean, and uh, in 2002, when this happened, when it broke in Boston, by then people were used to it. When I was covering it in '93, I was getting hate mail. I yeah. was getting calls. I was actually because worried about my children at one point. Nobody wanted Be- people to no. uncover this. Oh, no, because they're little old ladies that love the priests. Yeah. They would talk right. trash in the uh, That's pew. why they had the bumper stickers that we believe in priests. Yeah, and really, me. see, what you do when you do that, you're upending somebody's whole life when you tell them about the religious, the parish, and the priest. Mm-hmm. You're, you're basically flipping the table over on their life. And uh, Rachel McAdams is grandmother. She's that crazy, whole yeah. that whole scene, you know, you can and it identify was Michael with Keaton's that. Come, I mean, Birdman oh, and this. Bird and then, and then so the good. reporter that my, Mark Ruffalo played, he was exactly like that. The guy that's the total, you know, right, total. The, like, like a Bill McClellan type Yeah, guy. all yeah. his life, he at the expense of a personal life, he and is he on kinda, that story. And where he kind of burst out at Keaton's character saying, you know, what they did, we have to, we have to do this. We, we got to keep Going. We got to keep going. Uh, and Tom McCarthy is the Tom director. McCarthy he did Good Night and Good Luck and Meet the Parents. And he good also and did uh, Station movie. Agent. And he was on the wire. Yeah. So he just nails it. And it's just He's so personal. He's the guy that Dominic West almost eviscerates in the finale of the wire. When we had the screening for this, it was at the high point, the small audience. And mm-hmm. David Classy, uh, who was the president of the SNAP survivors of. of, of People who have abused, uh, survived. Survivors Network of people that are abused by priests. Okay. After the movie, during the credit, 
um, he brought with him two people who were affected. One's, one was a mother of a son who killed himself because mm-hmm. he was abused by priests. Mm-hmm. The other one was an attorney in, in the diocese who had, uh, you know, had contact with a lot of victims. All three of them sat there and just sobbed after this movie because how realistic it was and how much it triggered. And uh, uh, I told Joe Moskis, I go, they're still in the theater. Just give them time because I knew them. That's why I sat next to them. And they just thought this movie was so tremendous. And it also helps to talk about it, to bring it out, to show what happened. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine just happened to move to the Boston Globe that year. (laughs) And he told me that, they're, they were all still working there. All oh, those good. people that were connected, except Marty. Picture. Well, Marty Barron's now at the Washington Post, though. Right. He's the he's the um, editor of the editor. Washington Post. Yeah. So, but the rest of them were all there, and they all screened the movie together, and they all thought it was wonderful. So, anyway, those are the backstories. Dan, what is your runner-up for the um, decade? This was wrestling with number one. It is John Favreau's Chef. Um, oh. I, I just and they're a movie that. I'll give a shout-out to Mark Reardon, our fellow um, mm-hmm. St. Louis Film Critics member. I was almost not able to get into this one because that's when I was kind of new, and I had not rsvp to this screening, and Mark said, hey, he's fine. Let, let me in. Let so shout-out to Mark for letting me in because I, I watched this movie. I probably watched this more than any movie on my list. John Favreau, who had just gotten done making Iron Man 2. He made two Iron Man films. He was exhausted. He went back to, like I say, and no pun intended with the film's plot, he went back to the kitchen Mm -hmm. and made his own little script. It was directed at Bobby Cannavale, John Leguizamo, even his buddy Downey Jr., and the lovely Scarlett Johansson. The thing about this film was was the father's son. You had this father who had forgotten about being a dad. He was too busy, busy being a great chef. But he got knocked down a couple notches by his boss, played by Dustin Hoffman. And he he gets this food truck, and he rediscovers his passion for cooking. Even Sofia Vergara, who I cannot stand her in most <laughs> movies, she's good in this movie she as loved, his ex-wife. She loved doing it. She did. And I just think it was one of those in small films with a big heart that I think the whole cast did for nothing. And um, again, another movie that hit me out of nowhere. I watched it. I love where he steps off the truck and tells the son, if you're going to do this, you got to do it because I, I love doing this. I love making people happier with food. And it just tells you that that is what John Favreau can do. I know he's done The Lion King, Jungle Book, Iron Man films, Mandalorian, but this was him telling a character driven movie. And again, he got all of his buddies to play in it Bobby Cannavale asleep in his car. Yeah, and Favreau's character hitting the car. Going, Come on, get in here. We got the piggy. He goes, oh, cabron. And he gets out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that big chef up all night cooking. I just love those little bitty things. I don't know. It was a very, very emotional movie for me. Nice. Being, being, being a young dad, I, I was only. I mean, Vinny was not even a year old when I watched that movie, so it was tough. Well, my number one movie of the decade is the movie that I've seen the most since it came out in 2014. I had very low expectations. Everyone says this movie's going to be awful. It's going to be stupid. It is not. It's heartfelt. It's surprising, and it's animated. And Everything it's is awesome. Escape, escape, escape plan starring Sylvester Stallone. No, it is not. It is the Lego Movie. I knew from, it I from knew it. 2014. I knew it. I was like, Carl hasn't mentioned the Lego Movie yet, and I knew how much you loved it. I love the Lego Movie. If you if you are taken aback and have never seen it, you. you 
you are legitimately excused for not having seen it because everything about it should not work, including the ending. And it everything about the Lego movie works. If you've ever played with Legos, you have been a part of this world. So I love the Lego movie. It speaks to me, and that was my favorite film of the last 10 years. What is your... I even look at it. What is your favorite film? Film of the last decade. Ten years of movies, Lynn. Boyhood. Boyhood. Oh, it's yeah. ambitious. It's my story. It took it's a, it everybody's took, story. It took ten year or fifteen years to make. That's a patient filmmaker. It is it's just captures family. And ladies and gentlemen, it didn't take ten years for it to get to the screen. It took ten years literally to, film. to produce mm-hmm. <laughs> to make. To, that, that kid followed. I mean Richard Linklater. Um, to me, I'm sorry, it's a better film than Birdman. It should have won the Oscar. It was on more top ten lists that year, I think, than, than anything. I, I appreciate know? what it was trying to do. I just, I think the story falls apart as he falls, as he becomes an adult, because his life falls apart. I, I, I think it's one of those films where you, you have to have a little bit of a personal connection to. See, right. me, mm-hmm. I, I admired it more than I loved it. Exactly. I, had, I loved Keaton's Birdman more because I, I I loved his character more in that movie, but this movie is a very very ambitious. It's film. well done it, because it, they keep the they keep the same characters yeah. over the course of and ten years Hawks, and the growth of them and, and Hawks the development. And Arquette's yes. characters as they get as the kid gets older, especially Ethan Hawke, who I think is one of the most even before First Reformed, even one of the most underrated actors. I, I know he's been nominated mm-hmm. for Training Day. Did he get nominated for First Reformed, or should he have? No, no, he should. He won like Independent Spirit. He won R. He He won the St. Louis. I know it's crazy to say somebody with an Oscar nomination is underrated, but I think Ethan Hawke is underrated. I think he's just a very good. I think he was he was nominated for Boyhood. He was nominated for Boyhood. Patricia Arquette won nominations, but I still think people don't talk about him enough. Right when he's in the car teaching him about the Beatles, yeah, just little tiny things like that, like when they go they go camping and connect that to your own thing. Yeah. It's just it's the minutia mm-hmm. of life, so it's not exciting. See, my dad, that, that for for him in cars, that was my dad in movies. Mm-hmm. He would make me sit down and watch like this part of Goodfellas or even Mean Streets go. I want you to pay attention to what he's doing, and see that's how that's what I thought about when I watched. And those Lynn, scenes. I think it's a, it, technically it's beautiful, and the, yeah. I just. Once again, I, if I if the story didn't connect with me, the last the last third of the yeah. movie didn't and really connect that's with the me. movies. I mean, it, I yeah. think it's all about. Again, I'm gonna quote my dad. As, as you can tell, my dad was my film school. Um, when you look, movies are a painting. People will walk by, they'll look at it, and they go, "Oh, that's all right. They'll keep moving on." No, I love the somebody, first two thirds of the movie. Oh, and, and, but somebody will kind of look at it and go, "They'll stay there for thirty minutes looking at this painting." Mm-hmm. That's the movies for you. Yeah, I guess because I took both my kids to college, mm-hmm. and yeah. you had to leave them, and you know, and it's funny, then it's just, and it's uh, kind of a dope. As in, he gets in another older. ten yeah. years, Lynn, I may <laughs> love take it. Vinny to college, and they go, <laughs> "Okay, boyhood." Yeah. And it's just it's just different, but no, I loved all the minutia and mm-hmm. all the little changes, and then how all yeah. of a sudden hanging out with friends takes precedent over yes. thinking your parents That's are true. queens of the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I get it. And uh, so it's just, but it's so ambitious, it really is. But Linklater just has that because I have like Before Midnight in my top twenty-five. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I love those movies. Those before uh, what was before it? Before sunrise, sunrise before, before sunset, yeah. before Julie sunsets. Actually, Delphi, the is their name? Yeah. Julie? Yes. Before yeah. the chemistry between Ethan Hawke and, and Julia Delpy. Those movies felt like they, they felt so real that, that, that I didn't even even think there was a script. 
That's yeah, I don't think were. there were in the first <laughs> two. Yeah. Like, just walk the, around and talk. Well, but the, the second they, one's my favorite. They have the weird thing. With the first two, they just happened to meet. They had to have a reason for the second one. Yeah. They had to make up a reason for the third yeah, one. Yeah. Right, right. But uh, Because but, you want them to all to be together. Yes. But Link Lauder, just, he just touches nerves, I think. Like, dazed and confused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Strikes a chord with any everybody wants body some, that yeah. went. And everybody, everybody wants, wants some. Uh, when, I interviewed, when I interviewed those boys that yeah, were Superman. in the movie, I told yeah. them, I go... You lived my brother's life. My brother was on the ball team at West, he, and and it was set in the era where mm-hmm. he was. And I just said, "You guys just nailed it." And they looked at me like, "Cause you know, middle aged mom, like, what do you know?" You know, and they were just like, "Oh my God, you liked it." <laughs> but it's just Linklater has that knack, and didn't get to see yes. where'd you go, Bernadette. But um, I expect gr- more great. Yeah, they things. didn't show us that. I really wanted to see that too. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of the Golden Globes, they didn't Globes, even send it to us. Kate Blanchett is nominated for Golden Globe for comedy actress. Huh? There you go, Danny. Silver Lang's Playbook is my number one movie. I think this was arguably. And this is a big thing. Arguably, Brenda Cooper's best performance, playing a guy who, a uh, former history professor who has bipolar disorder. And, of course, David O. Russell, the director, writer-director's son, had bipolar, has a cameo in the film. I think this is one of De Niro's best performances. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence is phenomenal in this movie. Chris Tucker, uh, yeah. John Ortiz playing his best friend. The football scene is Yes. One of the best scenes. Beautifully describing the chaos of married life with kids is when sometimes I just go into a room, man, and I put Metallica on and I just scream. It's just <laughs> such a good movie. But, uh, I mean, just the way that even Shea Wiggum playing his brother and when he talks about all the stuff that he has and his brother doesn't and Cooper's character just says, I got nothing but love for you, man. It's just those little small moments. The Ernest Hemingway in the middle of the night J-Law um, is great in the yes, movie. Yes, she Jane is Lawrence, Oscar winner. She, when, when she just takes him apart at that diner. Oh, the diner the scene cereal, is so good. And I, I don't know, the whole movie, even Dash Me Hoke playing the, the, the cop mm-hmm. who has to look over Cooper's character. I, I think it was a very... Weren't um, all four of them nominated? Yeah. Yeah. Very, Jackie Weaver as the mom. Yeah, Jackie really Weaver who just wants her son to be happy. And when at the very end, where De Niro's character tells him, you know, you're supposed you, to dance with me. Yeah. Yeah. De Niro tells Cooper's character, like, you know, this is a big part of your life and, and, and don't mess it up. And it just, it's such a good movie. De Niro's it is a good movie. character sitting down and tearfully begging his son to watch a sports game with him. It's just, it's a movie that I think will hold up in 20 to 30 to 50 years. It's just so. It's a good look at mental illness. Too. It, is, it is. Because yes. it doesn't it's dodge, subtle. especially when he's outside that movie theater and Lawrence's character kind of sets him off and then she has to kind of rescue him a little bit. You know, bipolar disorder is a lot more than what a lot of movies tell you it is. And I think that O'Russell's connection to it with his son made him really, you know, choose this novel. It's adapted from a novel. And I don't know. It's a movie that's hilarious, heartbreaking, and very, very powerful. I, I agree. I oh, think that's good, a, that's a good choice. Yeah, good choice. See, now I understand why they. And now, think- w- after watching this movie, I have to play with my remotes too, just like De Niro's characters. <laughs> they have to be straight. I have to hold them during sports games. So, now. Cinema St. Louis asked you to write about your number one. That means it's in the thing. Yeah. Cinema St. Louis asked you to write about your number yep. one. That's why it's in the thing. Uh, they didn't ask me to ask, write about my number one because it didn't make the list, I'm guessing. No. 
I'm guessing Lego not. movie didn't make the I'm list. I'm guessing the Lego movie did not make where's the, the list. Where's the love, Where's the man? justice for the Lego My movie? God. Well, uh, oh, how, was it five years ago? Tom Stockman for We Are Movie Geeks asked us yes. to uh, do our best of the 2000s so far. Yes. And we did that. And well, Lego movie made it that year. Yeah. Because Max and I put it in there. And we all put in Begin Again, you, me, and mm-hmm. Max. I Collusion. Think. That's what right. we did. Well, um, speaking of... Uh, us having, you know, like a, for parent, Parasite, Max, Carl, and I all had it on our top 10. Yes, we did. Yeah, so that, and I only had, you know, I, I shared some of yours and I shared some. Just real quick, here's some movies that didn't make our cuts that I'm just going to bring up because yes, they're so you good. Should. Drive. Drive. That's, Drive. that's on Great Max's movie. list. Yeah. A Prophet. That is a French that, film. It's French it, or is it Iranian? It it won. It's French. It won okay. the Oscar for best foreign film. That okay. is so good, yeah. powerful. You just sit yeah. there and go, oh my god. A few films time. that made um, Killer Joe, Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey. Yes, and, and written by Tracy Letts. Yes, terrifying movie, but one of McConaughey's best roles. Margin Call mm-hmm. with uh, Stanley Tucci and Simon Baker and Demi Moore. Good stuff. Uh, Begin Again was in my next five. Mm-hmm. Searching for Sugar Man, a great documentary that I had no idea how it was going to end because it was cinematic. Right, and also Three Identical Strangers from last year, which was yes. not nominated. Which... Just like the Fred Rogers, won't you be my neighbor? Mm-hmm crazy that about these three brothers oh. that didn't know their brothers until the age of 18 that movie you smile for the for the first part and then you uh, jaw drop it's in the second so sad. half it is and it's so and you know oh, it's coming and you still so, get sad it's so good how about good time the safety brothers yes, safety. that that put them on my radar well, they, put, they put the twilight actor through the ringer and then uh, Descendants, Clooney's Best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lincoln, Daniel Day-Lewis, unbelievable. For people that don't think that Clooney can act, watch Good Night, Good Luck, watch Descendants. Oh, yeah, and Shaylee Wood. Oh. Yeah. Shaylee. Shalane, Shalane. Shalane. What did I say? Spectacular Now Shailene Woodling. Great yes, movie. That's it. Spectacular Now. And Coco. Coco. A Pixar oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. That movie will make me cry and cry and cry, and I've seen it like three, four times. Mm. But it's so good about family and that song, Remember Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't shed a tear, then you well, don't have a pulse. Except then when they did it at the Oscars, uh, The Greatest Show should have won. <laughs> well, yeah, because this is me. And then how about Brad Pitt and Moneyball? Mm-hmm. Moneyball, yeah. You know, Billy Bean. And then uh, I do think. They have six feet of crap, and then there's us. <laughs> and then I think Baby Driver. Uh the, yeah, Baby Driver you, is probably... You, you've got the Kevin Spacey thing. Features John there. Hamm's by one of his best roles because mm-hmm. he doesn't play John Hamm. That editing of that is... Mm-hmm. And the music. And the music. Yeah. Atomic Blonde, mm-hmm. That's Love that it. fight in the stairway. And, and let's not forget about the original, for me, John Wick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a great movie. Changed the landscape. I don't think Atomic Blonde exists without John Wick. I mean, it changed the landscape of action films. And then you have Ides of March with uh, Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. just getting better and better and Clooney. And uh, James Tomei. Gandolfini's yeah. last movie, Enough the drop. Said. Oh, the, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Not last movie. Yeah, because The Drop is the one, last movie. The one with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. And then how about The Fighter? Mm-hmm. Mark yes. Wahlberg and Christian yeah. Bale. That one, Dick, like... Dickie e- e- Eklund. He won everything that year to play that part. Yeah, and then uh, the I personally like the the Beach Boys movie Love and Mercy. 
Love and Mercy, that's Paul Dano again. And he should yeah. have been nominated. He should have been. And then uh, I just like Hidden Figures for because th- we didn't know that story. How did we not know that story? You know, it's just there's so many good ones from that from the decade. You forget how many mm-hmm. good ones till you start trying to make a list. Well, next week we've we're getting back into it when the movies start coming out again. Yeah, such as 1917 and Just Mercy. And then we have uh, Underwater, the Kristen Stewart one that I'm going <laughs> to see gonna on be Wednesday. It, it looks like it could be better than, 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 what it, than what it is, because hopefully she elevates it a little bit. And John Gallagher Jr. is in it, and I like him. So yeah. we'll see. Yes, from the newsroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so we, 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 we shall see. And the Golden Globes are Sunday. Any predictions, guys? I'm don't, probably not even going to watch. Care. I know. And, I have to um, work or else I would be over at your uh... party. And then um, there's uh, the the one thing I'm looking forward to with Golden Globes. Yeah. Tom Hanks is going to get the Cecil B. DeMille See, that's award. one reason to watch. You, know, you should text me when that's going to be on, and I might turn it on. Okay. And then uh, – yeah, But Ricky Gervais. Oh. I like Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais is probably the one host who does it best because he doesn't care. About no, and he, he cuts down the pomposity. He does. He does. He just he does is not like kiss ass. He does not. And he, this is his fifth time hosting. Yeah, and his last, he says. But you know what's so funny is once upon a time in he Hollywood, comes out there with a pint of beer and just kind of—he's already drunk, but he's going to get more drunk. <laughs> well, once upon a time in Hollywood is in the category of comedies. Comedy. So, <sighs> so dramas. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I the Golden Globes are kind of a, they're a joke. Yes. They are, yeah. and there's only what I what I argue but about. But we is, love you is because you watch them for mm-hmm. us. And then, well, <laughs> it's only 98 people in the Foreign Press Association, and they have questionable ethics. And as as uh, uh, Max refers to them as gypsies, and yes, thieves. because they take they take bribes. Well, there's some yes. of them are like ca- cab drivers, you know, yeah. who who uh, mm-hmm. write about right once a year. Yeah, and so you don't know, but it's just it's an opportunity for the Hollywood glitterati to get together and they have elevated it more because Dick Clark took it over and then they had that machine going yeah. and so they elevated but uh, as far as the awards calendar then July 12th is the Critics Choice Awards which I will be attending yes. and Dan and I both voted in we did and we should be getting our ballot we uh, should by like the 8th or 8th or ninth, I think and then um after that, the 19th is the Screen Actors Guild Awards, which is Those just... Those I like, because they're, they're voted on by their peers. Yeah, yeah, which is actors, and then that gives an indication of what might be the Oscars. And they don't have a best picture, but they have best ensemble. Best ensemble, because it's acting. Yes. yes. And then we take a break, because we're going to have the Grammys, and then the Super Bowl, and then the Oscars, February 9th. There you yes. go. Yes. So that's, that's the calendar. That's it. Dan, where can we find you on social media? I am at Buff82, and I, I write for KSTK News. It's where all the entertainment goes. Sometimes you can find reposted reviews at Dose of Buffa, which is my own little site where I get to kind of mix it up and be unfiltered and mean. But other than that, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, where I am known as a polarizing figure. Yes. Um, there are three hockey games next week. How many are you writing for? I'm probably going to write at least for one of them. I, I've been writing a lot more for the site. Uh, that The paper's got some new blood in it, but I will be writing. You you, you, you can be sure to find a dose, because, because January is a big big home uh, home schedule for the Blues. So uh, I'll be in one of them. 
And uh, you can still vote for Peron on the last ten man times in. a day. Get ten Frenchy. times a day. I voted yesterday ten times. Look, and I, then... I had never been the biggest Peron fan, but but he's having an amazing yes, year. Yes, and, and not really, last night, but uh, no, not not <laughs> last night. But but uh, he should have been one of the people picked. He's a guy who's really picked up the team without Mr. Uh, Tarasenko. Yes, Lynn. Where can we find you socially? Uh, we are on TimesNewspapers.com, which is Webster Kirkwood Times, South County Times, and West End Word. And uh, we have a print edition. And then I am on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman in the 10 o'clock hour. And then we're here every Friday, which I enjoy. where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern. And you can hear me on KFTK every weekend uh, from 5 till 7 on the Weekend Report. And you can hear me on the Max on Movies podcast every week. Which which I I delight my Uber passengers with sometimes. Like, who are these two guys we're listening to? What are they talking about? Oh man! <laughs> Why are they talking about about the Star Wars for three hours? No. And, well, um, well, well, we're influencers, and, also, and I'm little, on the socials too. A little deep tea, since I actually know this more than two days ahead. I'm going to be on Show Me St. Louis next week, talking about 1970. Just Mercy, Just Mercy. Yeah, two which I saw again, out. and I liked way better than the first. You know, time I, I have an interesting review of Just Mercy that that, that people probably would not expect. I, you know, I, I I liked it. I didn't love it. Right. Well, I I did. But that how's too. Jamie Fox? Jamie Fox is good, really but good. Tim Blake Nelson is is, really is the good. takeaway. Really, he yeah. does something with he plays a really big key in that case uh, against Jamie Fox's character. He in th- two scenes, he is just phenomenal. Well, yeah, he's I a secret weapon too. Weekend, then. Yeah, he's and a Michael secret B. Jordan weapon. is good, but I expect him to be good. He's got a lot of star. Yeah, but you power. expect Jamie Foxx to be good too. Yeah, and so those right. two guys are great. But I think for me, Brie Larson's great. She's working with the same director she worked with on Short Term Twelve. Okay, um, and Her she's breakout. great. Yeah, yeah, so. and uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. from. NWA's Straight out Captain. Yes. yes, he's and one of the death row inmates. Den um, of Thieves. Spo- a spoiler alert. I don't think this is it because the guy wrote it's a book. A and he's known, it's a true, true story. story. Um, the lawyer who... Brian um, Stevenson, I think was his name. Has gotten 140 people off the yeah. death row. And it, well, he's part of that you. Innocence Project, yeah. right? Well, it's not the Innocence... He has an equal Equality, justice center. Yeah. He has a... In the South. It's and different it's funny, than the Innocence Project. Southern Poverty Project. Law That statistic that they, they put up no, at the very no, end no, of the movie... Where like one in uh, one in nine are end, end up being wrongly accused. That just tells you how the, the one in nine. One in nine. And and most of the people didn't have uh, money uh, for a good and, lawyer. And that, and that group picture of all the people that he's gotten off death row. I mean, he's gotten them acquitted. He saved them. Because I'll tell you what, from in that being movie, killed by that the one, government. And Just Mercy, a teaser of a scene where one guy is put to death, it is probably one of the most toughest scenes to watch of the year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I won't watch it next week. Yeah. No, it is. It's very good. And I had seen it, and I thought, "Oh, this is just a procedural." And then I watched it again, and I went, yeah. "This and has see, got a little bit more to it." That's what I thought. I thought it was kind of like a formulaic kind of run of the mill. Okay, mm-hmm. boom, like events, a law events, and order events, type events. of movie. Yeah, but I think the Tim Blake Nelson performance elevates it for me. All right, yeah, well, second time around for sure. All right, fine, I'll watch this. All righty, all right, so fine. we've got a big week coming ahead. That's it. All right, thank you all. All thank right, you. thanks for listening. <laughs>